This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Tell my people to step into the plan. It's time to step into the plan. Say that with me. Step into the plan. Step into the plan. So as we're going through God's Word tonight, I want you to expect to hear what that means for you. Because we have the Word of God that reveals the will of God to each and every one of us, right? But as we apply the Word of God, then He speaks to us specifically about our life, about our family, about our relationships, about our calling, about our assignment. And He's saying, step into the plan. Say that with me. Step into the plan. Now, stepping into the plan is going to take faith. It's going to take faith. Anything that God calls any of us to do, it's going to be bigger than what we can do on our own. It's going to take faith. It's going to cost more money than what you can budget. It's going to take a bigger mindset than what we currently have. It's going to take vision. Say vision. God is saying, I, I want you to step into the plan in your family. I want you to step into the plan in your relationship. I want you to step into the plan financially. I want you to step into the plan in your giftings, in your callings. Step into the plan. Say, step into the plan. Into the plan. Now, now, go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1, and this isn't in your notes, but I want you to, let's look at this for a moment. Step into the plan. You're going to hear me say that over and over, and I'm believing that the Spirit of God is just going to brand that in your spirit. Step into the plan, and it will take faith. 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is what Paul is telling Timothy about the prophetic word. And the prophetic means to, to declare the revelation of God, to proclaim what God is saying. And 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So God is speaking something about the season that we're stepping into, and He says, I want you to take what God is saying, and I want you to wage war with it. In other words, he's saying there's going to be some battles, but you have the Word of God that's going to win the battle for you whenever you take the Word and you step into the plan. When you go at stepping into the plan with your family, step into the plan. You know, you know God's plan for family is restoration. You know God's plan for your finances is increase. You know God's plan for your physical body is health and healing. You know that that's God's plan. Step into the plan. What does that plan look like for you? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts and the what? And the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Thoughts and plans to prosper you and to give you hope and not plans of evil. So if God knows the thoughts and plans, we need to position ourselves to hear the plan. So I'm going to hear the plan. Now, so take what God is saying God, you're saying step into the plan, and I'm expecting to hear what that, what, what that means to me. I'm expecting to see what that means to me, but I'm going to step into the plan. When you show me, Lord, I'm going to step. Say that. I'm going to step. Now go with me in your notes there. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. 
Now you're expecting with me, right? You're expecting to hear God. You're expecting revelation and insight, correct? Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, it says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. It is the power of God to salvation. He says, I'm not ashamed of the Word of God, the gospel of Christ, the Word of God, what God is saying. I'm not ashamed. Say, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of what God says in His Word even if it goes beyond my religion, even if it goes beyond my denomination, as long as it's in the Word of God, I'm not ashamed of the Word of God. For it is, the Word of God is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation in the Greek is the word soterion. It means to deliver, to rescue from any harm, any form, any fashion. In every area of life, it means salvation. It means soundness, wholeness, completeness, Provision, he says, the Word of God is the power of God unto everything you need. Say, the Word of God, Word of God. Is, the is the power of God unto salvation. Now let's go on to this. For everyone who goes to church. No, that's not what he says, right? For, for everyone who says that they're a Christian. No, he says, the Word of God is the power of God to who? Believes. To everyone who believes. Now, I can't make you believe and you can't make me believe. It's a choice and a decision that I'm going to believe God. And it's very wise for us to believe what God says, right? He knows more than us. But He says the Word of God is the power of God to everyone who does what? Believe. To everyone who does what? Believe. How are you doing in that area? How am I doing when it comes to what God is saying? He's saying, step into the plan. Now it's up to me to step into the plan and to believe that God's going to show me what the plan is. Let's go on. It says, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. He's talking about every area of life, every type of person. For in it, talking about the Word of God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. He says, for in it, for in the Word of God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Now hold your place, or go with me to 2 Corinthians. This is not in your notes. So you can write it down. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want to read in verse 21. In the New King James Version, it says, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. In the Amplified it says, For our sake He made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin, so that in and through Him we might become, say become, become. endued with, viewed of being in, and examples of the righteousness of God. Listen to this, what we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with Him by His goodness. So. He says that you and I, he who knew no sin was made sin, that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Righteousness simply means right standing with God. That when you and I, we accept Jesus, we're, we are made righteous. Not because of anything we've done, but choose to believe in what Jesus did, and it made us in right standing with God. Now he says, in it, in the Word of God, righteousness, our right standing is revealed... From faith to faith. So the only way faith can come is by the Word of God. Faith comes by what you hear. You're going to have faith in fear. 
if you're listening to negative things all the time. You're going to have faith in destruction if that's what you're listening to all the time. You're going to have faith in defeat if that's what you're listening to all the time. But if we're listening to God's Word, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So he says, okay, when we hear the Word of God, the Word of God is the power of God. Say that. The Word of God is the power of God. And in it, the Word of God, righteousness is revealed. My right standing is revealed. Every time I open God's Word and I'm listening with a heart that I'm expecting to hear God, I'm going to be a hearer and I'm going to be a doer and I have a mind that's going to be open, a heart that's going to be open. The Word of God is coming. He says more of your righteousness, your right standing will be revealed. And the more we understand we're right with God because of Jesus, the more faith we walk in. So the more we hear of the Word of God, right standing is revealed. It's revealed that you're forgiven. It's revealed that we're redeemed. It's revealed that we're the healed of the Lord. It's revealed that we're the head and not the tail. It's revealed that we have the blessing. It's revealed that we're overcomers. It's revealed when I hear the Word, faith comes, righteousness, my right standing is revealed. And the Amplified, it says, what you ought to be. What you ought to be is revealed. What you ought to be. This righteousness is the same righteousness that Adam had in the Garden of Eden before he fell. This righteousness is the same righteousness that Jesus walked upon this earth with. The same right standing that Jesus had is the same right standing you and I have. And it says, what you ought to be, this righteousness, is revealed from faith to faith. From faith, so you hear the Word of God. We can only start where we're at. We hear the Word of God right where we're at. Faith comes. It's revealed what you ought to be. What you ought to be is healed. What you ought to be is blessed. What you ought to be is victorious. What you ought to be is anointed. What you ought to be is redeemed. What you ought to be is victorious. What you ought to be... What is it you ought to be? Everything God says, that's what we ought to be. What we ought to be is revealed from faith to faith. God has always taken us from one place to another place. How do I go from where I'm at to where God wants me to be? It's going to be in accordance to what I'm hearing. Because when I'm hearing God's Word, my right standing is revealed. The more I understand my right standing with God, I realize I ought to be somewhere I'm not right now. I ought to be overcoming this situation. I ought to be the head. I ought to be the healed. I ought to be the blessed. Our, my marriage ought to be heaven on earth. My, my family ought to be everything God's called and created us to be. So I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. That's me. Say, I believe. I believe. Now go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 2. This is in your notes right here. And so stepping into the plan is going to take faith. Say it's going to take faith. God is raising up a generation. He's raising up a group of believers who's willing to go in and do everything that God has called and created us to be. He's raising up people who are fed up with being religious. He's raising up a people who are, who are fed up with just settling for average. He's raising up a people who knows that there's more and they're willing to become more so we can do more. Because we are always praying, Lord, I, I want more. I, I want more. I, I want more. What are you doing with what you got? I want more. In order for us to do more, we've got to become more. 
How do we become more? He says, okay, in it, the Word of God, what you ought to be is revealed. And as you keep hearing God's Word, God will take you from where you're at to where you're created to be because you ought to be what He's showing you. Step into the plan is going to take faith. Step into the plan in your family. Step into the plan financially. Step into the plan. Step into the plan will take faith. Say, it'll take faith. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24, he says, Rise up and take your journey. Your journey. Not anybody else's journey. God's not asking you to be anybody but you. God will not help us be anybody else, but He will help us be the best us we can be. And you have the faith to be everything God's called you to be. We have the faith to deal with the situations in our family. We have the faith to deal with whatever doctors report. We have the faith to deal with whatever the economy says. We have the faith to overcome. 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And God is saying, rise up and take your journey. Quit trying to be anybody else but you. We need the real you to come alive. We need the real you to step up. Rise up and take your journey. Say, my journey. And he goes on and says, And pass over the valley Arnon. Behold, I have given, already I have given into your hand Sihon, the Amorite, king of Eshbon, and his land. Notice he's already given this. God's already given it. He says, Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle this day. This day. Say this day. This day will I begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the peoples who are under the whole heavens, who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. Notice he says, okay, rise up, take your journey and begin. Begin to contend. Begin to step in the direction that God is calling you to step. When he's saying step into the plan, notice he says, when you begin, he says, I begin. I've already given it to you. In other words, he's saying, my super comes on your natural whenever you move. Eli was talking about doing the practical. He's saying right here, he says, this day, this day, it, God isn't determining the day. He says, you determine the day. I've already given it to you. He says, this is a day when you begin to move, I begin to move. This day, when you begin to fight for your inheritance, you begin to fight for what is, what is yours as a child of God, what you ought to be. What you ought to be is peaceful. What you ought to be is joyful. What you ought to be is free. What you, that's what you ought to be. And it's revealed as more of the Word of God. We hear and we see and we do. He says, this day, I will begin. In other words, this day, as you step, things begin to happen. You already have an inheritance. You're already called to go to a certain land. You're already called to go to a certain area of influence. You're already called to certain relationships. You're already called to do certain things. He said, but you've got to begin. But a lot of times we want to set back and God to do everything and us do nothing. That ain't the way it works. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about the provision is in the plan. You don't want to miss tomorrow night. The provision is in the plan. What are we doing? We're stepping into the plan. We're stepping into the plan, but the plan's going to take faith. Say it's going to take faith. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, you can look at this in your note. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called. I'm going to read it again. Fight the good fight of faith. It's good because you win. Remember, stepping into the plan is going to take faith. Say, it's going to take faith. He says, lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life comes from a Greek word, zoe, which means the God kind of life. It's a quality of life. He says, fight the good fight of faith. You lay hold 
of the God kind of life. You lay hold of what you ought to be. You lay hold of your right standing with God. You lay hold of your inheritance. You lay hold of the land that God has called you to. You lay hold of the business. You lay hold of the clients. You lay hold of your family. You lay hold. Say lay hold. Lay hold means to take. It means to obtain. It means to receive. He says fight the good fight of faith. Fight means there's going to be some confrontation. Fight means there's going to be some friction. Fight, and it's not dealing with flesh and blood. Even though it feels like it a lot of times. We've got to remember to look through the flesh and blood and to the enemy behind the flesh and blood. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the God kind of life. Step into the plan. It says, to, to what you were called. Called means an invitation to what you're invited to be. The man you're invited to be, the woman you're invited to be, the leader you're invited to be, the family you're invited to be, the business person you're invited to be. He says, fight the good fight of faith, but you've got to lay hold of it and be who you're invited to be. God is inviting you to be everything He's created you to be, what you ought to be. Look at your neighbor and say, what you ought to be. What you ought to be. I know it's probably not right grammar but you get the point, right? Lay hold of eternal life. Go with me to Numbers 13. It's in your notes there. But you and I, it's a must that we've got, in order to step into the plan, we've got to start right where we're at. We've got to start right where we're at. We can't start any other place than right where we're at. I can't do anything else besides with what I have right now. If, if I mean, I get to thinking about this sometimes. If I use everything that I have right now and what I know right now, am I using everything at my disposal right now? I'm so much further along than when I first started, but I've got to start right where I'm at. Am I really believing that Jesus' name is above every name? Am I really believing that the angels of God are working and going to the north, south, east, or west? Am I really believing that God's Word is working to bring restoration in every single area of my life? Am I really believing that? I've got to start right where I'm at. You can't start where I'm at and I can't start where you're at. You can only start right where you're at using what you have. The business that you have, the gifts that you have, the horses that you have, the dreams that you have, the vision that you have, the money that you have. Start with where you're at. Start where you're at. So I'm going to start right where I'm at. Numbers 13, verse 27. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. The land where you sent us. Remember, you're, you're called somewhere. Step into the plan. It says, It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Verse 28, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Where you're called to, where God has called you to, to go and, and who He's called you to be. He says, the land that you're called to, it's strong. And He goes on to say, the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Skip down to verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land. So notice all of them, the twelve spies, they go into the place that they're called to go. They go visit. Say visit. And they see the results. They see the fruit. And they come back. And Caleb 
quiets down the people and he says, guys, we're well able. We are well able to possess the land. We are well able to overcome. We are well able to step into the plan. We are well able to go everywhere God's called us to go and do everything that he's called us to do. But the other people, the other ten, said we're not able. Pause for a moment. What's the mentality of the people that you hang out with? The people in your life right now, are they, we're not well able? Or are they, we're well able? Well, we are well able to overcome. We are well able to believe God. We are well able to reach our dreams. We are well able to restore our life. We are well able. We are well able. Notice they visited, but there was two of them that said, I don't want to just visit. I want to live there. How many of us are just visiting our dreams? How many of us are just visiting, visiting the vision that God's given us? Or are we making a decision, I'm going to live there. I'm not just going to visit there. I'm going to live there. I'm going to live in a whole family. I'm going to live in divine health. I'm going to live in prosperity. I'm going to live fulfilling everything God has called me to do. I'm not just going to visit there every once in a while. I'm going to live there. Say, I'm going to live there. Don't just visit your dream. Live in your dream. When he's saying step into the plan, he's saying don't just visit there. I want you to move location. I want you to move address. This is who you ought to be. You're a champion. That's who you ought to be. You're a victorious warrior. That's who you ought to be. You're the healed. That's who you ought to be. Don't just visit there. Live there. He's saying step into the plan is where I want you to live. This is where I want you to live. Remember, faith will always take you beyond where you're at. Faith moves you beyond. Faith isn't waiting for natural circumstances to tell you it's okay. Faith always sees beyond the natural. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Step into the plan. Step into the plan will take faith. Go with me to Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 29. Stepping into the plan will take faith. Say, it will take faith. Verse 28, And when he had come, Matthew chapter 9, verse 28, And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? For the blind men, they were wanting to receive the sight. And God is saying, step into the plan. But He's asking you now the same question. Do you believe that I'm able to do this for you? Because a lot of times we believe that God is able. He's able to do it for somebody else. But do I really believe that He's able to do it for me? Do you believe... Not your mom believing, not your dad believing, not grandma, grandpa, uncle, ding dong, aunt, boo boo, anybody. God is saying, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Notice he says it's according to your faith. Not according to your gender. Not according to your education. Not according to your bank account. Not according to the economy. He says according to your faith. Matthew chapter 5, you have the woman with the issue of blood, and the Bible says that she had spent all that she had, but she rather grew worse. But she began to hear about Jesus. Notice she spent all that she had, financial, currency, and the natural world. She lost this currency. But then she began to gain a different currency as she heard about Jesus. She began to hear about Jesus, and she began to gain the currency of faith. Faith is currency in the kingdom of God. 
So you can have no currency in the natural, but if you have currency in the kingdom, currency in the kingdom always overrides the natural. And he says, according to your faith be done unto you. And she began to hear that it was Jesus. And she began to say, faith always says, always says, your faith is always speaking. I can hang around you for a few seconds and I can tell really what you're believing. You can hang around me for a few minutes and you can tell what I was truly believing. Faith always, always says. Say, faith says. Remember, when you got saved, you believed in your heart and you declared with your mouth unto salvation, right? It's the same process in healing and finances, whatever it is. And God is saying, step into the plan, but it's going to be according to your faith. This woman began to hear about Jesus and she pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment and Jesus stopped. He said, who's touching me? And they said, Master, are you kidding me? All these people are touching you. He says, no, this touch is different. It's the touch of faith. And the, the woman came trembling and fearing and, and told Jesus everything, everything that was going on in her life and Jesus said go your way be made whole according to your faith your faith has made you whole your faith is going to cause the plan to come unveiled not my faith your faith your faith will cause the plan to become unveiled see there should there should be a time in our life where we're able to look back and say faith did that when I when I look at my wife uh, you know, when I was believing God for, for my wife, I, I went from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, and I said, Lord, you know you made me. I mean, you know. And so I just started believing God. For them. You single people, you take note of this. Begin to ask God for every single thing. Even Starbucks, they came out during that time of a tall blonde. They had a drink, right? And so I'd stop by Starbucks on purpose, and I'd order a tall blonde on purpose. And I'd go in there, and everybody else thought it was about coffee. For me, it wasn't about coffee. I like coffee. But I was declaring, I want, a stall, I, want, I want a tall blonde. And then when I received it, I'd say, I thank you that I got a tall blonde. I got a blonde, tall blonde. See, faith has action to it. You might think, well, man, that's just really strange. You can think whatever you want. I was releasing my faith any way I could find to release my faith. And God is no respecter of person. For whatever area of life it is, He's saying step into the plan. See, there, there should be a place in our life that we look back and say, faith did that. When we look at our house, we should say, faith did that. When we look at our finances, we should say, faith did that. When you look at your horses, we should say, faith did that. When we look at whatever it is, faith did that. Our clients, the open doors, faith did that. God wants there to be a point where we can look and say, faith did that, faith did that, faith did that, faith did that, and faith's going to do this. Remember David, he said, God helped me kill the bear and the lion. He was with me then, and he's going to help me do the same thing to the Philistine. Faith did that, and faith did that, and faith is going to do what's in front of me. Step in to the plan is going to take faith. Go with me to Exodus chapter 3. Step into the plan. Look at your neighbor and say, step into the plan. Step into the plan. Exodus chapter 3, verse 19. It says, but I'm sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not even by mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty handed. Notice what God was, was doing. He was saying, there's going to come a time that you're going to be able to look back when I stretch forth my hand and say, God did that. Faith in God did that. Faith in God did that. Faith did that. Everybody say it with me. Faith did that. 
What in your life can you look back on and say faith did that? If all you can think of is the day that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you settled where you're going to spend eternity, faith did that. You became a new person. You came out of the kingdom of darkness. You came into the kingdom of Jesus Christ and faith did that. If you've received healing from a headache, faith did that. If you've received uh, the right relationships, faith did that. What can you look back on? Faith did that. Your trust and confidence in God. He says, if you just have just a, a, a mustard seed sized faith, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, every one of us, when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, we're dealt the measure of faith, and you have the faith you need to run your race and to step into the plan. You have the faith you need to step into the plan. Now, Exodus chapter 10, Exodus chapter 11, you can read that in your own time, but I want you to notice something as you read that. God is saying, I want you to step into the plan. I want you to run your own race. I want you to believe me. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that God is able to open the plan up to you? Moses goes to Pharaoh and, and God had told him, Moses, I want you to take the men. I want you to take your family. I want you to take all your livestock and I want you to go out and I want you to worship me. So Moses goes to Pharaoh and he tells him, this is what God's telling me. You need to let the people go. And Pharaoh begins to try to negotiate with Moses. He says, you know what, you can take the men, but you need to leave the women and children behind and all your animals behind. And Moses said, that isn't what God told me. God told me to take everything. Pharaoh says, that ain't happening. What's he doing? He's trying to get him to negotiate his dream. Satan will try to get you to negotiate everything that God has for you. Yes, you got saved, you come into the kingdom of God, but then He wants you to stay broke, He wants you to stay sick, He wants you to stay defeated, He wants you to stay average. What's He doing? He's trying to get you to negotiate. Yes, it's good you're going to heaven, but be okay with where you're at. Be okay with the things that are broken in your life. Be okay with having your tail kicked all through life. Be okay. What's He doing? He's trying to get you to negotiate. Have eternal life, but don't have everything else that it includes. Do not negotiate your vision. Do not negotiate your relationships. Do not negotiate with your family. Do not negotiate when it comes to your kids. Do not negotiate with the devil. Do not negotiate. Your dream is not up for grabs. Remember, you're not visiting there. You're going to live there. No negotiation. Yes, you might have had some battles in your life, but you get back up, you get back in the ring, and you fight the good fight of faith. One thing that it helped me years ago is I settled it. If things don't work out the way I think that they should work out, I settle it. God is good all the time, period. If something went wrong, I keep trusting God. The problem is not with God. The problem is either with me, I didn't do something, I'm just not there yet, I need to learn more, I need to grow more, whatever the case may be. But it's not God. God is not the problem. Never, never, say never. Never, never. never, never is God the problem. He's always the answer. Period. Do not negotiate your dream. He goes on and, and Pharaoh doesn't let him go and it says that a wind blew in locusts and the locusts totally consumed the ground. They couldn't even see the ground. So Pharaoh calls for Moses and Aaron again and they call, they call him in and Pharaoh says, man, I've sinned against God. Man, can you do something about this? So he prays and the Bible says a west wind began to blow and it blew out every single locust. It says not one locust was left in the land. So then Moses says, remember what the Lord told me? Pharaoh says, yeah, I remember what the Lord told you. You can take your men, you can take your women and children, but 
leave your cattle and all your livestock. What was he trying to do? Even though he gained a little ground, still tried to get him to negotiate. Moses said, that ain't what God said. He says, take everything. And the Bible says, I don't even want a hoof left in Egypt. What is he saying? You fulfill everything. Go after everything that God has put in your heart. Go after every dream, every vision, every business, every book, every, everything, everything. Say everything. everything. Do not negotiate your dream. Step into the plan, but it will take faith. And it will take violent faith, not polite faith. The devil wants you to just have polite faith. He wants you to be a polite Christian. And I'm not talking about with people. Yes, use your manners, you know, whatever that looks like for you. But when it comes to the devil, don't you be polite to him. Don't you be polite to him when it comes to your family, your animals, your finances, your calling, your assignment. Do not be polite to the devil. Period. Go with me to Matthew chapter 11. Step into the plan. Say, step into the plan. It will take faith to step into the plan. Matthew chapter 11 verse 12. In the Amplified it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time. Say the present time. The kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault and violent men seize it. How? By force. Violent means a forcer that is energetic. In other words, he's saying, okay, remember God is saying, I want you to step into the plan. I want you to rise up and take your journey. I've called you to go certain places. I've called you to do certain things. And we're believing Him to reveal the plan for us and our family, right? It's going to be more than where we're at right now. Say, it's going to be more. He says, but violent men seize it by force. Force means an energetic application. It means to seize it. It means to pull it away. It means to take it. Let's go on. And it says, as a precious prize, this is in the Amplified, a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with a little. Is sought with just a smidge. He says, is sought with most. Say most. Ardent zeal and intense exertion. It's sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. In other words, you're not playing patty cake. Ardent means passionate, enthusiastic, that you're wholeheartedly burning with everything that is in you, that I'm going to be everything God's called and created me to be. I'm going to do everything God's called and created me to do. I'm going to go everywhere I'm created to go. I'm going to accomplish everything God has put me on this earth to be. What I ought to be is coming out. What I ought to be is coming alive. Zeal means like with a jealousy. Like, yes, I'm loving, I'm kind, I'm joyful, I want to be happy, but you jack with my wife, you're going to be introduced to a side of me that you're not going to like. That's what this word is meaning. God is a jealous God, and He's saying we've got to have that same tenacity when it comes to the things of God, what we ought to be. The dream that we ought to have, the passion that we ought to walk in. He says, with this same jealousy, it's sought with the most ardent zeal. Uh, it says share as a precious prize. Share in this precious thing of the kingdom. Share in your dreams. Share in what God has for you. Share in the plan. How precious is God's Word to you? I don't want you to say anything. I want you to think. There's a level of respect for it or you wouldn't be here tonight on a Monday night. But really, when we're getting real with ourselves, I remember years ago I was 
Because the devil wants you to have all kinds of excuses, right? You look at the word excuse in the dictionary and it means an invalid reason for neglecting your duty. And I remember I would drive all night long for a rodeo. I wouldn't sleep. I'd get up for slack the next morning, whatever the case may be. I'd do whatever it took to get the job done. But when it comes to church, oh man, bless the Lord, I think I'm going to pull over and sleep while I'm tired. And when I began to look at the things of God with more reverence than I did my rodeoing, my life began to change. How precious is God's things to you? How precious is your dream to you? How precious is what you ought to be to you? When it's precious to you, you're going to protect it. When it's precious to you, you're willing to do things that everybody else thinks you're nuts. When it's precious to you, you're willing to put in the work. When it's precious to you, you're willing to get up earlier, go to bed later, do whatever you have to do. Why? Because remember, it's sought with most ardent zeal, with intense exertion. Intense means there's some seriousness about you that I'm going to be what I ought to be. I'm not playing church. I'm not being religion. I'm not going through church on the way to dinner or on the way to lunch. I don't look at God as a lucky rabbit's foot or a genie in a bottle or a lever. No, I'm going to be what I ought to be. I'm going to be who I put on this earth to be. I'm going to do everything that God has put in my heart to do with most ardent zeal. Not polite faith, violent faith. Say violent faith. faith. Remember in Mark chapter 10, you can look at it in your own time, blind Bartimaeus, he's blind, right? And so he's sitting on the side of the road and once again he begins to hear that it's Jesus. And he begins to call out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they tell him, shh, shh, shh. Be polite. What you're doing is a little out of order, buddy. And the Bible says, does it say, oh, oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. No, the Bible says he began to call out even louder, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy upon me. And the Bible says Jesus stopped and he says, guys, tell him to come here. And the Bible says he threw off his garment because blind people had a garment that they wore during that day and age that signified that they're blind and they're beggars. That's how they made their money. That was their identity. But when he had violent faith, he began to hear something different. And even though he was blind out here, he began to see in here first. Jesus said, bring him here. And he threw off his garment saying, I'm beginning. I'm stepping into the plan. And I'm not, I'm not going away until I receive everything that I'm coming for. Violent faith, not polite faith. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She didn't say, um, excuse me, um, Jesus. Jesus. No, it says she pressed through the crowd. She could have been killed because she was even in public because she had an issue of blood for 12 years. But violent faith throws all the rules out and says, I'm going to go after God with all that I have on the inside of me. I'm going to be what I ought to be. See what I ought to be. Daniel in the lion's den, violent faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, violent faith. Luke chapter 5, we're getting ready to be done, but Luke chapter 5, how about, how about the four guys that they're, they're carrying their buddy into the house and they have him on a stretcher and the Bible says that Jesus is preaching and all these religious people are there and all these lawyers are there and it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. These guys come, they try to get into the house and they're carrying somebody on the stretcher. And the Bible says they couldn't get in because of the crowd, but they begin to look up on the roof. They looked up on the roof and they said, there's a way up there. And they take the guy up on the roof and they let him down in front of Jesus. And Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus saw their faith. 
Was that polite faith that crawled up on the roof? No, it's violent faith. Apparently, these guys had received something from Jesus and they were carrying their buddy saying, come on, the same way he showed up for me, he's going to show up for you. But you can't back off. You can't quit. I know you're hurting, but let me carry you for a little bit. I know you don't feel like being here, but let me carry you. Every time you step into the plan of God with your faith, every time you take down a giant and you accomplish what God put in front of you, you're carrying somebody on their stretcher. Every time you get your prayers answered, you're carrying somebody close to you on the stretcher. Every time you go after what God has put in your heart, you're carrying somebody on the stretcher. You're blazing the trail. What God does for you, He's going to do for the people that are connected to you if you can keep them on the stretcher until they receive what you've received. But it's going to take violent faith. God is saying, step into the plan. But it's going to take faith. Not polite faith, but violent faith. What kind of faith? Violent. violent faith. What kind of faith? Violent. That relationship is going to take violent faith. That financial situation is going to take violent faith. That, that physical symptom, it's going to take violent faith. Stepping into the plan, it's going to take what? Violent. Not polite faith, but violent faith. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to step into the plan. Father, tonight as friends and family, we step into the plan. People who are watching this, that they step into the plan. The plan being unfolded starts the moment that you and I accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And if you're watching this show for the very first time, right, whether you're in a hotel or a living room or, or wherever you're at, have you stepped into the plan? Have you stepped out of the kingdom of darkness and come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Has there been a time in your life, heads bowed, eyes closed, has there been a time in your life that you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and personal Savior? If not, it's very simple. The Bible says when we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and whenever we declare with our mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord, the Bible says at that moment, we receive eternal life. And at that moment, we can be certain that we'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Have you done that? Have you asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior? If you never have, I'm going to ask you to do this as we pray this very simple prayer together out loud. Can we pray this together? Can we say, Father God, tonight is the night that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, and to be my Savior. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you said that prayer for the very first time in your life, here in this room or at home, I want you just to slip your hand up in the air right now and to say, yeah, I asked Jesus to come into my heart for the very first time. Would you just slip your hand up if that was you?